Hi everybody, this is Michael Hildebrand and I'm your host on the Sleep Trust Podcast, where I'm talking about how to gain back trust in your ability to have a superb sleep again. In this week's episode of the Sleep Trust Podcast, I'm super happy to have Anna No More Sleepless in uh, the podcast. Uh, Anna, that's her Instagram handle, obviously. Anna is somebody like you and me who was faced with sleeping problems in the past. And uh, I stumbled over Anna because I saw a couple of posts that were really touching and she's trying to help people and is sharing her personal experience. And I thought that's just a super fit for Sleep Trust. So hello, hello, Anna, and thanks for joining us on the Sleep Trust podcast. Hi, Michael. I'm so excited you're having me on, and I'm very glad we connected on Instagram. It's been great being in touch with you and seeing what you're doing as well. Thanks so much. So let's just get started by going deep into the water. Like, you know, maybe you can share a little bit of your sleep, your personal sleep story with us. Sure, happy to. Um, so in general, I've never had serious sleep issues, but I wouldn't say I would naturally be a good sleeper. It would just be occasionally I had some trouble sleeping with some, something going on in my life and it would be two, three days and then it would be fine again. And so nothing too serious. I think when I was studying, I had several jobs, single mom and so on. So I wouldn't even think about sleep and it was just natural, but it was just last year that all of a sudden I had some health issues that I had at the back of my mind and I think that triggered some anxiety and it probably didn't help that I spent like nights just googling on WebMD and so on all symptoms and it was pretty much um, a suspicion for cancer and I was just googling everything so I was just very occupied with that and that triggered some insomnia so it was the first month I barely slept and I was just very anxious about that and just waiting for test results from the doctors and everything. And then even after test results came back and everything was cleared on that and it was still something that was occupying me and it just triggered, I think, insomnia. So I had overall, I just had six months where I was barely sleeping. It started with two, three hours at night and then it just went from there and I was just very miserable (laughs) and not feeling well. And went to doctors, so different doctors tried uh, all things on my own, did some research and so on, and just felt like I need to get back to normal sleep just for my own sake, for my family's sake, everyone around me. And I was just like, yeah, it's not working. So I was just trying a lot of different things, trying to get back to normal sleep. And in that process, as I was doing a lot of research, I kept, you know, looking at books and seeing reviews and people were talking about dealing with insomnia for 19 years or anything similar. And I was thinking of my aunt that has a very busy job as a nurse and she has two jobs and she will be falling asleep on the sofa regularly. And I just kept thinking of all those people just struggling with it for so long and it just touched me. And, and that's how I started looking into that deeper and then also got on Instagram and got my little podcast out because I just thought um, it's just such an issue. And if you're not dealing with it yourself, I think you're not aware of how many people are actually dealing with sleep and struggling with it. And um, yeah, so I I just hope people can somehow have some takeaways from my journey, learn from it, and then also just apply maybe some things and try and see what works for them. So it it was a journey getting back to normal sleep again, and I'm happy I'm there, but uh, just thinking of people that are struggling with that for years, it just um, aches my heart. And it's it's just epidemic too, right? So there, uh, in Germany alone, uh, there are 44 million registered people with sleeping problems in the U.S., I think there are over 90 million. So um, 
it's just massive. And I, and I'm sure many of our listeners can relate to, you know, only being able to sleep two to three hours like you did. So for me, it was only a period of, let's say, maybe two to three months. Uh, going on for this like half a year or even longer, that is just such a massive impact of one's life. So uh, even if you only get five hours, so what was the hardest thing that you experienced in this time? Um, it affected me in all sorts of ways. So it affected me work-wise. I had trouble focusing and concentrating on my work and I work in finance with large number of deals and tickets and it's a very stressful environment. So it's not necessarily slow pace that I can take my time. So there's the pressure of, you know, performing and getting your numbers. But then also the, um, the afterthought, like I'm making thousands, hundreds and thousands of dollars decisions here over several millions a day. And if I have a bad day because I didn't sleep well, that doesn't work or fly. So there was that concern just about not being able to focus and concentrate the way I would like to. And honestly, during the time I was far from my best and I usually am. I think it affected my family. Uh, I was just very emotional during that time and it affected my health as well. So it started with two months where I was just really struggling with sleep. And then after two months, it got a little bit better. So I was excited about the first night with four hours of sleep. But then um, I guess I had some setbacks where it affected my health to a degree where I would get um, constantly like a cold, a sore throat. And then it went to a UTI, a urinary tract infection. And then it went back to a sore throat and I was just like in and out of doctors and I think in that six months, I've had more uh, UTIs than I had in my whole entire life. And now since I'm sleeping better, everything's back to normal. I haven't had any, you know, colds, no, no health issues or anything. So it just shows how it can affect your immune system. And, you know, seeing the doctors for them, it's like, well, take some antibiotics and so on. And if it would have been just, you know, your standard Western medicine, I would have just been between sleeping pills and antibiotics and antidepressants and anti-anxiety medicine. It would have just been a wild cocktail for six months. I was just uh, trying to find some alternatives. And I'm especially a person who likes to get to the source of things instead of just covering up symptoms. And I just knew it's not right that I'm dealing with those UTIs and colds constantly and it never was an issue before that it would just be you know one thing after the other so i i linked it clearly to the lack of sleep and it's just affecting my health and then of course you know when you're you had your first night of four hours or so of sleep and then i have a uti and i'm up at night in the on the bathroom again and so on so that was the setback i had to just work through and i um i've been struggling with migraines and so on for years and then of course you know the lack of sleep didn't help in that regard and so on. So it was just trying to manage all that, the additional health issues that came with it and then still trying not to freak out about it too much and stress about it. Just knowing like I'll get back to a better stage at some point was a little bit of a struggle, but I, I think everyone can, I hope everyone can succeed or at least better to sleep and just not, um, not getting, uh, losing hope when you have some setbacks on that journey and just trying to stay on it and try and see what works for you and keep doing that. I think that that's a very important point to just keep the faith that you know you can get there. You might not know how you'll get there, but you know and have to believe that you'll get there in the end. And I think, think it was, you know, after you said all of this about health, which is absolutely true, I think it was Matthew Walker in his book, uh, Why We Sleep. He said, if, if people would be able to sell a pill that does so much for your health, like sleep does, you know, you wouldn't be able to pay it. It would go like, you know, 
donuts or whatever. And so, yeah, and, and if you don't get to sleep, the, the side effects are just horrible, right? Not only feel, I can relate to that. In the time when I didn't sleep well, and it was a shorter period than it was uh, for you, I teared off the bumper of my car twice, uh, parking, and um, just due to the, you know, focus and concentration part. And I would say men are always in a good mood, but uh, <laughs> it's not true, obviously. So I wasn't in the best mood either when, you know, my wife came and, I knew this was going on. I was trying to, you know, keep calm and in a good mood. But in the end, you know, sometimes it works and sometimes it just doesn't because you're emotionally not balanced. Right, right. Yeah, it, it was a tough time. So it's it's good looking back now and knowing that's behind me. But just knowing other people struggling with that is just tough. And I, I kept saying and I felt like I was a walking zombie during the time you mentioned the, the car accidents or the bumpers you pulled off twice. I, I was on the road with my son driving him to school and just felt like it's not safe. And just the thought of, you know, people being on the roads, drowsy, sleep deprived and anything and, uh, you know, attributing to accidents and so on. It's, it's a very scary issue. So um, I think it's a very important topic. And unfortunately, it seems like you have two sides. You have the side that feels like, oh, sleep is not that important. It's an afterthought. It's more about the hustle, you know, culture and work and produce and students just, you know, cranking out all nighters and so on. And then you have the others that are experiencing maybe something similar and then realize like, no, it, it is <laughs> significant. Yeah. So um, in your journey, you mentioned that you saw doctors, obviously. So how helpful was that or what was kind of the direction that they were giving you? Um, well, <laughs> so I think I just had over all those years where I was struggling with chronic pain and some maybe not the best experience with doctors to start with. So a lot of times it seems more covering up symptoms. So with the doctors, I did see a therapist uh, for the six months throughout and um, her, her uh, approach was, well, if you're feeling physically better, I'm sure you'll also feel mentally better, which I agree and understand, but it was just not necessarily that helpful for me because she realized I did a lot of research and I knew, you know, uh, I'll look after my health and what is working for me. So I didn't I didn't get too much out of it in terms of me personally, but that might be different for everyone else. And I'm also a person I should have probably at some point spoken up or found somebody else where I feel like it's more helpful. But then I'm like, you know, I told you my story. I should <laughs> open my heart. I don't feel like, you know, searching again for somebody else. So it, it is both ways. Um, then I did just see my primary doctor and then got second and third opinions. I got, as I said, sleeping pills prescribed. I got, um, uh, I was offered antidepressants and anti-anxiety medication that I declined because I had tried it in the past and I just don't like the way it feels. And a lot of times it's also try and error to find a level that works for you. So I just didn't um, want to go that round. And I haven't had good experience with sleeping pills in general, just because I feel like I don't wake up refreshed and I tried it for two or three nights and I would still wake up at night and still lay up. And I was like, well, I'm just feeling as groggy in the morning as I would without sleeping pills. So I just didn't see the benefit for me taking it in the long run. And then I just um, did see some doctors on my personal side. Um, I used to go to chiropractors throughout in the past occasionally. 
So then I went back throughout those six months and saw a chiropractor. I, I did focus on my health and make it my priority. So I did see a massage therapist once a week just to help with, you know, back pain issues and the migraines and so on, because I just felt like if I'm feeling better overall, at some point, the sum of the, I don't know how many little things I'm doing will at some point result in better sleep. So for me, I felt like maybe if I had found a doctor that would have more had an approach that works for me a little bit more alternative than just, you know, prescribing some pills, it would have maybe been a different story. But for me personally, I just um, didn't get the most out of the doctors I was seeing other than maybe the chiropractor and the massage therapist. Yeah, I, I hear that a lot. I think partly it's to be fair to the doctors. Partly, I think it's just because they don't have enough time because it would be too costy and they kind right. of, you know, get their patients in try to cover, I think you used the word symptoms too a couple of times. So try to cover the symptoms, which you can do with the sleeping pill. And I think they're often not even really aware of the side effects that sleeping pills have, that you don't kind of get that sleep, that refreshing sleep. It kind of seduces your brain and you'll fall asleep, but um, you, you won't even get much more sleep, at least on average, you know, that can be different from person to person. And also, you know, they make addictive. If you take them in the long haul, then you're going to have a hard time, even though you might not feel refreshed at all, but it might even be hard to get off of them because then you're, you're going to have even bigger sleeping problems. So it's, it's kind of, a, you really have to watch, I think, that you don't get into a vicious cycle. So I'm happy to hear that you really tested a lot. And I think the trial and error thing for, you know, if people come, to me and ask me it's often like you know what can i do now the, the one thing and there there is no such one thing Ob obviously you have to test a couple of things and you can sort out a lot depending on where you're standing right now and what your personal preferences are and what you're doing you know are are you already doing something for your body for your nutrition for your mind whatever or what what's keeping you from falling asleep but there's not this magic pill like you know you have to really test things you have to see if they work and you have to have be a little bit patient that that's the thing that i could hear out with you too you must have had a lot of patience so maybe maybe share a little bit about what what does it take to be you know patient when it goes through this trial and error phase for you it, it takes a lot because as i said you'll have setbacks and maybe you'll have a night where you sleep better and then the next nights you, you just you know wake up and you lay up in bed again so it takes a lot um just in terms of patience and trusting the process and and keep trying and not giving up or just getting to a mindset of well i can't sleep uh, or i i have insomnia and that's it and then just um you know give up in yourself and and in the process so it, it takes a lot trying to be patient i think i have two kids so <laughs> that has been a, a quick early school on, on being patient and um yeah i i think it was just not not losing the hope because i knew i need to get back to better sleep i can't stay in that state and even if it gets better to let's say four or five hours of sleep a night i knew that wouldn't be enough for me to thrive and be able to do what I do throughout the day in, in a manner where I feel like I'm doing it well. So I, I think that takes a lot. And then just, as I said, not giving up hope. And um, as you said, you know, in terms of trial and error, it's not just trying something or trying that one thing. Oh, I heard, you know, 
the light exposure, blue light. I'll, I'll get some blue light blocking glasses. I'll turn my electronics off at, yeah. you know, two hours before sleep and then I should be sleeping better. And you try two yeah. nights and then it's like, oh, it didn't work. And then you give up. Sometimes it just takes some time, especially when you're dealing with insomnia for an extended time period. Mm -hmm. It's not a lot of times I think that one thing that will make a change. And if you can just get to a stage where you're feeling better physically and you keep trying, you'll, you'll see the benefits. And what I did is just um, acknowledge the small little improvements like, oh, tonight it was four, four hours of sleep instead of just two hours. Or I actually slept three hours of stretch without waking up once and so on. And I didn't want to put too much focus on the sleep just to not start stressing about it if it wasn't the three hours. But I did acknowledge like, all right, this worked and then maybe also reflect a little bit what was maybe uh, different over the last couple of nights, what might have attributed to a little better sleep and then try and stack on that and, and see if that would actually help. That, that's a so great tip. So uh, all of you out there, best write that down, uh, what Anna just shared with us. So don't put too much attention on the, the, the fallbacks and drawbacks that you'll have, but give a lot of you know, celebration to your little wins. That makes a tremendous difference. And I will also ask you another question, Anna, because it's, it's part of my coaching. Uh, first week, it's about the mindset. And uh, I believe, and everybody that you know, I work with, I get him there because otherwise I wouldn't work with him, that you need to have a good, deep purpose to follow through. So I know you've got kids. You just shared that with us. And you might be religious. Uh, I'm not, not, don't know, know that. But did you have a, a, a deep purpose to let you, you know, follow through and keep that faith up? or Yeah, it was certainly my kids and just life in general because I felt like uh, if I'm not sleeping well, it affects me and my life in so many different areas. And as I said, like just the thought of driving my kids to school, um, being sleep deprived was very scary to me because I just felt like anything could happen. I'm not focused. I'm not there the way I am. And they used to know that is always patient and in a cheery happy mood and so on but I might wake up and I'm rather grumpy and I'm just struggling making it through the day so so that was a big why for me and then just seeing how it affects so many different areas in my life my, my personal life my my the relationship with my kids the relationship with my husband who was not sleeping very well during that time as well because i'm tossing and turning next to him uh and and then just how it could affect my work and all that that was just a clear um understanding for me that just not sleeping well has just a triple effect throughout my whole entire life so i i had a strong why in that regard that i needed you know find a way to get better to better sleep again <laughs> that's you know even, even you know just talking to, to it's so fascinating because you could throw out three deep whys you know just like that that's not that's not something that is very common so um that that's very important to know i'm doing it for my kids i want to be responsible i want them you know i want to have a better relationship again because i want to be in a good mood for my husband for my loving relationship for my job, you know, uh, there's a career that I want to do and I want to, you know, have a good work, want my, you know, everybody to know that and to be, be able to rely on that. So you've got just throughout, just like this, it's easier as that, <laughs> three very big, uh, deep whys and super uh, fascinating. Uh, Anna, one thing, I don't want to forget this one because I think it's, uh, uh, I hope it's a good question. So what was the craziest thing? Because I know everybody goes through, goes through the trial and error 
goes through all kinds of stuff that he or she tries. So what was the craziest thing that you actually tried to find back to good sleep? Oh, <laughs> so yeah, my Google and Amazon searches did include how to get better sleep. So I did find some crazy things. So I'll share maybe two. <laughs> and I don't know how crazy one is and the other. So there's actually on Amazon, I found some foot pads that are um, labeled as detoxing foot pads. And apparently a lot of reviewers claim that it helps them sleep better and they had the greatest sleep. So I ordered them. I actually went through two packs. I don't know if it helped me sleep better, if there was maybe some placebo or whatever, but you'll stick them on your foot and they have different scents like lavender and so on. And in the morning, it's just like a gooey mess that's sticking on your foot. So it was not very pleasant somehow hobbling to the bathroom trying to get those foot pads off. Um, so that was quite interesting. So I don't know. Did you them to your feet or how does that work? Stick them on your foot and then apparently it uh, pulls out those uh, toxins in your body and then it just from a dry pad turns into this gooey mess in the morning. <laughs> So I, I don't know if I really believed in it. I was just like, at a point, I was very desperate to try anything. So that was probably one of those. I haven't used them since just because it was not very comfortable peeling it off in the morning and then cleaning off that mess. And then um, another thing I tried, I don't know if you've heard of grounding earthing. No. Okay. That um, So there's some research behind it, but I'll not go into all that. It's just the belief that connecting with the earth can lead to um, decreased inflammation in your body and also just, um, I guess, better sleep, less inflammation, less stress and so on, just connecting with your bare feet on the ground. So yeah. when I was going through that, it was uh, fall, winter, messy weather, and I was trying to run around barefoot in the backyard in the rain and so on. So I don't know how much it helped with my sleep, but I have to say, so I have, um, I had a car accident when I was younger that you know, led to the back pain and the migraines and so on. So I have some osteoarthritis in, uh, in my collarbone and in my feet and so on. And I have to say it helps me in that regard that normally when I roll my shoulders or move my feet, there's a lot of cracking and everything. So it helps in that regard. So I don't know how much is to it. Everybody who's interested, do your own research. But um, that was definitely a little bit out there <laughs> where I, I read about it first. I was like, well, <laughs> apparently that's the belief about electrons changing or exchanging between the earth and yourself. And so a little, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't want to call it crazy, but it's just sometimes I guess trying it and it might be just the, the mindset, the placebo, if you believe that something will help it might help, but yeah. <laughs> and first off, the placebo effect is a super powerful effect. And I always uh, try to bring that out because many people just think, okay, it's a placebo, it doesn't work. But actually the placebo is a powerful thing that just says mind over matter, essentially. So it doesn't mean that it doesn't help you. It just doesn't mean, uh, it just means that you're helping yourself. And if you have something that helps you to believe in yourself, this has an impact on our bodies. So there's a book, a good book out there from Dr. Joe Dispenza. It's called You Are the Placebo. And he, he really lays it out scientifically. It has an impact on our genes. So even if we're genetically wired to be, you know, kind of uh, wired for certain diseases, it doesn't have to be triggered. And our mind uh, kind of is responsible for a certain cocktail of hormones and other substances in our body to a certain degree, like our circumstances are. Uh, and if you get that right, then your likelihood of being staying healthy or getting healthy again are so much higher. So uh, 
it doesn't really matter if it works or not. And the second thing that I will say to crazy stuff is we believe that we know everything, but if you dig into quantum physics, uh, you realize that we, there's a wide range of science that we don't know anything about. Yes. So uh, I would not, you know, be uh, the one who says that can't work because we do not understand how quantum physics uh, function. And quantum physics is the level under atoms even. So it's, it's a very fundamental thing. Who knows? You know, sometimes I, I, that might seem kind of, kind of esoteric too, but I don't care. I'll share it here anyway. So uh, sometimes you think of, I think of a couple of people that I know that I'm very deep into. And I can literally tell you when, when we're thinking about each other and I get a WhatsApp or something or uh, even the topic sometimes. So crazy stuff happens. And we're, we, we can't explain everything. That's the only thing that I would say. And if it helps you test everything and the, the takeaway from what Anna shared again is you have to be open. If, if you tried a lot of things and it didn't work, just test something else. And just because other people, 90% of people say it's not going to work, it doesn't mean it doesn't work for you. Right. And just in, if I might add, uh, in regards to mind over matter, you see that with a lot of athletes that they will actually visualize, you know, Michael Phelps, when he's swimming, he would visualize his lanes, how he's going back and forward and how he's changing each lane and everything. Or I actually um, read about a study where they had a team of um, basketball players and one team would be training. The other one was just visualizing how they're training and uh, scoring their goals and everything. And the other team was not doing anything. And the team that was visualizing actually playing on the court and, and training was doing almost as well as the team that was actually training on the court. So I think, as you said, the mind does play an important role. And um, something that I tried as well is just, you know, laying in bed. I think a lot of times we just lay in bed and drift off at some point and we don't realize when we fall asleep. And what I started is I'll lay in bed and, and I like to listen to podcasts or something calming, an audiobook. And then I would just visualize me actually falling asleep, you know, starting to feel drowsy, um, slowing down my breath, breathing deeper and so on. And I would just visualize falling asleep. And then, you know, most times I'll fall asleep at some point. And it helped me fall asleep faster than just, you know, laying there, tossing, turning, especially not looking at the watch at the yeah. clock, you know, what time is it now and so on. So as you said, I think um, we don't know everything and how things can affect our body. And uh, I think we're seeing more and more research about how the mind can actually affect everything. And I, I truly believe about the connection on the connection of body, mind and, and soul and how everything plays together. And sleep just has a crucial role in that as well. You know, if you're not sleeping well, then you're not mentally feeling your best, you're not physically feeling the best, then you, your soul is probably not feeling the best. And just vice versa, you know, if you're sleeping well, you can perform physically better, you're feeling mentally better and so on. So it's just so crucial in general. So, yeah. There are a lot of people out there, I used to do high performance coaching for business people, and a lot of them feel that sleeping is kind of a waste of time. And they try to sleep more effective, more efficient, and break down on that. And I think that's part of the problem too, that we have to appreciate that sleep is something important, like you said, that connects our body with our mind or soul. And that's just valuable. And we should enjoy that time and give ourselves that time and be worthy to take that time off. Kind of. <laughs> so Anna, what was, um, or maybe do you have a number one tip that you want to share kind of to close off this podcast? The number one tip that you would share with the listeners what they should stick to or what helped you to get out of this uh, sleeping dilemma? 
I think, um, so I, I could say, you know, uh, limit your light or make sure you get enough daylight throughout the day and so on. And I think there are a lot of valuable habits to that. So I did, you know, work on that. I um, already two years prior quit caffeine and, and I don't drink alcohol typically in the evenings to relax or anything like that. So I think there's a lot in that regard that you can find that, that will affect your sleep. For me, mainly it was just making it a priority, making my health a priority during that time. And, and then just going with all that comes along. So for me, that meant um, less overtime. I actually had a time where I was reducing my hours and was just working part-time because I felt like I need to um, be in a better state first before I can commit to work and feel well and <laughs> do my work and so on. So for me, committing to my health and to my sleep during that time just had um, different effects where I was just like, this is my priority. I might need to ask for you know, help with family members if, if I wasn't feeling my best or anything like that, which I'm normally not quick to do. And, and just, you know, seeing what I can do, like help in that regard was like, can somebody watch the kids so I can go and make sure I get to my chiropractor or massage therapist and so on. And for me, that was just probably the main focus was just like, I'm focusing on my health right now, not necessarily just on my sleep, but health in general. And I believe with different habit changes, um, time outside in nature, looking after myself, making sure I have time to stretch, relax during the day and so on. I just believe that at some point I'll get the results and it will lead to me sleeping better again. And then a big one too is just trusting yourself that you can get back to sleeping well again and you know, not, not giving up uh, halfway or, or anything or just getting frustrated if you don't see results right away. So. I'll, I'll wrap up all the, uh, the most important things you can add up to this if I forget anything. So first off, make health your priority. I think that's a super important thing, what you said. Make it to a priority and be consequent and do things that show that you're making it to a priority. Have a couple of good whys. If you, don't ha if you have at least one, that's good. If you have two or three like Anna, that's better. Um, do trial and error. So don't expect anything to change just because you got out into the sun once or you know got those blue light blocking glasses test things be open to test things that other people might find to be crazy um, do that and i think that's good if you don't have anything to add <laughs> okay so anna thank you so much for sharing your personal story and all those good tips with us today I appreciate you having me on. That was really fun. <laughs> and I, I hope some people out there can um, have some benefit out of it and just get that message of hope that they also, you know, can trust themselves and get back to better sleep again. Yeah. So thanks so much for he being here. Uh, all of you out there, if you want to see more content from Anna, check out Anna No More Sleepless at Instagram. I'm going to share the handle on uh, in the show notes of this week's episode. And I hope you tune in, that you have enjoyed this week's episode, that you tune in next week. Don't really know which topic it's going to be, so it's a bit, going to be a little bit of a surprise. And until then, have a superb sleep. Bye. Hey there, and thanks for listening to the Sleep Trust Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you want to get further information on this podcast or material that will help you to gain back your sleep trust, please check out sleeptrust.eu that's sleeptrust.eu, where you will get lots of information around sleep. And here comes some legal stuff. Everything on this podcast is my opinion only, so do not take it as an advice, as I am not a doctor, nor have I considered your personal situation. 
If you feel that you need medical advice, please consider getting an appointment at your doctor of trust. If you want to give me any kind of feedback on this podcast, feel free to email me at podcast at sleeptrust.eu. I hope you tune in again next week and until then, have a good sleep.